Hello, and welcome to Minding the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. I'm your host, Jeff Zarang. In Minding the Forest, we'll talk about sustainable forestry, how important forests are to Louisiana and its economy, as well as issues in the forest products industry and how forests benefit everyone. We have with us today Richie LeBlanc, President and CEO of Hunt Forest Products. He's also President and CEO of LaSalle Lumber. Richie, glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about the history of Hunt. It's a family business and has been, hasn't it? The Hunt family came down from Arkansas back in the late 1800s and have operated in the Piney Woods in North Louisiana since then. A lot of people don't know, but the Hunt family built the Dodson Complex uh, that is currently run by Weyerhaeuser. They built the Zwally Mill. They've had owned and operated multiple mills across the state up until 1973 when the company was sold to Willamette Industries. And there was about a five-year no-compete agreement and just about five years to the day in 1978, Alec Hunt left Willamette and became started up H&C Veneer, which was the beginning of the modern-day Hunt Forest products that we see today. H&C Veneer is our plywood mill down in, um, down in the Pollock area. And then we also have a hardwood sawmill in Ala. Our newest facility is in Urania, Louisiana. That's the partnership mill with Tolco. And then we recently announced the new sawmill that will be in Beaville Parish in Taylor, Louisiana. It's a long-time local business, Louisiana business. Um, it is unique in that it has sustained itself through good and bad times in the forest products industry. What has been the challenge through the times when you know, the economy gets a little rough? Well, from my perspective, you know, I've just I've came on board in 2016 and um, we've seen the lows of the building products market since then. And we've seen some of the all time highs. I will tell you, you know, 2019 prices were down. The challenges are just, uh, you know, making sure that our cost structure is intact, that uh, we continue to be low cost producer at all of our facilities and then keeping people engaged and continuing to train our people through those downturns. Um, a lot of folks will leave when the oil field is doing well. They'll, they'll chase that hourly rate. And so keeping people engaged, keeping them, keeping them at the mill or at the mills, um, is real important for us. And, you know, what that does, it allows us to sustain that, uh, that pipeline of, of leadership, of knowledge. And, you know, we've got some 43, you know, 42 year folks down at our plywood facility, been there since day one. And the knowledge that those folks have are just tremendous. They're teaching the young folks, and uh, and that's how you sustain the business over time. Hunt Force Products has established a partnership with a Canadian company, Tolco. You all built the first lumber mill in Louisiana in a quarter of a century. Opened it up just a few years ago. It is fascinating how quickly you can reassess for the market needs and be able to supply those needs. And that's the unique part about that plant, is it not? It is, it is. It's, the, the, the technological advances that have been made in the lumber industry um, at, at these lumber mills are just incredible. When you walk through an older mill, our ala hardwood facility is, we've got a head rig and a resaw. It's a you know, band mill operation. And that all sawmills used to be that way, where you go from from that very labor intensive t- 
type of facility to a facility where nobody touches a stick of wood through the sawmill. I mean, it's all automated and it's, um, you know, from the graders to the stackers, the sorter, everything is automated. So theoretically, we should not be touching a stick of wood, although sometimes we have to. But um, the the technology is just tremendous and it requires a whole different skill set which has been challenging, but it's been rewarding as our, as our team has learned, um, because this was, there were no other mills like this in Louisiana, obviously. And so when you've got to build that skill set from the ground up. So we're, we're excited about the possibilities to have a sister mill, uh, in Bienville Parish that we will, we will be able to teach and, and learn, uh, or help folks learn at our existing facility. So that's the good news. How similar will those two facilities be? They'll be very similar. Uh, the equipment setup will be very similar, although the Bienville Mill or Taylor, Louisiana facility will be a, a will have two saw lines rather than one. So it'll it won't be double the capacity, but we're we're anticipating about 350 million board feet out of that facility, and we'll get about 250 million out of the LaSalle facility this year. Did y'all reach that capacity sooner than you than you thought? Well, uh, no. We I mean. We did take advantage of the market in 2021, early, earlier this year, and we ran some um, 100-hour weeks rather than just 80 hours. So that did allow us to achieve our budgeted uh, volume numbers a little bit sooner than we had expected. One interesting dynamic that the LaSalle plant has that I'm really fascinated by as well. It has a unique relationship with the nearby plant with the pellet mill mm-hmm. and the residuals that come from the LaSalle plant can go and supply a need to the pellet plant next door. And being adjacent to that property, you don't have to get any of this on the road. It all is, is done you know, on private property. That has to be a huge benefit to both uh, Drax and Hunt Force products, is it? Absolutely. I mean, having a guaranteed takeaway of all of your residuals, um, it, it's, I mean, that agreement, that partnership with Drax was, uh, was certainly a win-win for both, for both companies. Uh, we would look to replicate that as well. You know, right now we do not have a planned co-location at the new facility, but, um, it's not to say we're not leaving the opportunity open. But uh, that partnership with Drax has been has been very good again for both companies. We just there is no need to look at options for residuals. They just right it next door. We actually built a road. We call it Drax Road. Trucks just right across the property line, and that they're there. That is a unique partnership. But I think even more unique is the partnership that Hunt and Tolco has established to create the LaSalle Mill and. From an outsider looking in, it seems that partnership has been so successful that you're going to construct a, a second facility. It, it has been. I mean, the, the Thorlickson family and that they own Tolco Industries. We were introduced to them in 2017. There was a consulting group here in the U.S. who had been hired by Tolco to look for a partner in the South, specifically for, for a lumber facility. And... Um, we had already discussed the, the mill options with the bid group. Uh, they're the turnkey operator who built the mill for us. Brian Fair it was the owner and operator of that of the bid group. And we had uh, visited with Brian as Hunt Force Products. 
and were intrigued with the turnkey option that they presented. We visited their first turnkey mill here in the South, which is in Newton, Mississippi, Beware Lumber Company. And the Hunt brothers and I, we knew from the get-go that the technology, the efficiency of these facilities, it was just very intriguing. And so we were marching down the path of tackling this project on our own. We were contacted by this consultant. Uh, We had some mutual friends who said, we have an option for a Canadian partner if you all are interested in talking. Got on a conference call with Brad Thorlickson, the president and CEO of Tolco, and Mike Harkies, who was our operational VP at the time. Very encouraged by the the similarities in the family-run business. The cultures were very similar. They're from British Columbia, so they spoke English. They didn't, we didn't have to worry about any language barriers. The Hunt brothers and I took off and flew up to Vernon, uh, British Columbia, and met with the Thorlickson family. I believe it was Thanksgiving week of 2017. They came to the South shortly thereafter, and everything was very encouraging. And that's where the partnership was really born. We had already signed the uh, purchase order for the new mill. And so they came in, got involved in the construction side, and everything was uh, very positive. The startup of the mill was, it wasn't perfect. Uh, we made some mistakes. They were very supportive. They, they had several sawmills. They do have several sawmills in Canada, in British Columbia. So they have a lot more sawmilling experience than we did. Having that knowledge and that support was good for us at startup. Like I said, there were a few missteps along the way, but uh, overall, we, we made a pack of lumber before or in December of 2018, which was less than a year from when we first started construction. We um, started the first shift up in earnest in about February of 2019. Second shift came on board in July of 2019. And, you know, 2020, first quarter of 2020 was a tough quarter. We weren't running well. The prices, lumber and plywood prices were very, very low. And then, of course, we had the COVID outbreak. Yeah, and so did that a number in, on the market as well. In, in March of 2020. Uh, that was from the beginning of our COVID experience. The, the Canadians couldn't travel after, I think it was March 17th. Uh, they left the South and went up North and they couldn't travel from that point forward. So it really it did a couple things. Uh, our, our mill leadership had to take ownership of everything that was happening at the mill, both the positives and the negatives. Um, there wasn't anybody to blame anymore. So they really took ownership and we turned the mill around, started running very well. And then in April, third week in April, prices started moving forward and they didn't look back for a long time. I mean, in 2021, prices have been great, obviously. Um, yeah. I think everybody knows that. But 2020, first quarter was rough and then things changed. So we were, uh, we were fortunate that the mill really started running well right when the market came to us. I think that might be a misconception of some people. They look at the markets sometimes and, and see, well, things are really down. So uh, if you're a landowner, for example, you might hold off a little bit. But you guys still have to produce. Mm-hmm. And so when the market is favorable of the manufacturers, it's more catch-up time than it is seen as, as any, anything that is hugely uh, profitable. It's it is a business, and the supply and demand part is crucial to to what you do. And if no one's building houses, or a few people are building houses, that's a big crunch in you guys. 
Absolutely. I mean, we have fixed costs that we have to cover. Just, I mean, every, every manufacturer does. Yeah. So we can't just stop when prices go down. We, we've got to keep producing lumber. And, and we were fortunate that our cost structure is um, such that you know, it's not that we, we were making a great deal of money, but it was we were losing less money than some of our competitors, I would say. Let's talk a little bit more about Tolco. That relationship has taken off. Uh, you're building a second plant. At the first, and I know everyone speaks English, but were there any cultural issues that, you know, I know just in language itself, I may say a word that you put a different meaning to it. And when you're talking about different countries, there are those subtleties that come up and can be either humorous or challenging. I said earlier that we didn't have a communication barrier, but I will tell you that Canadians and Southerners don't speak the same language all the time, to your point. Canadians are very uh, matter of fact. We did have to learn how to communicate. It's not the negative side, but the Canadians are less patient than we are here in the South. They want results immediately. And I think we all wanted the same thing, but there's a certain amount of patience that we have that we're going to get to our targeted production rates. Um, and we did achieve those production rates, but it took us a little bit longer than what the Canadians would, uh, would have you believe that they wanted or they could have achieved um, if they were running the facility. We are the operating partner. So it was our responsibility to get to those run rates um, as quickly as we can, could, but also we, we didn't want to just turn the knob up. These mills, I mean, we're still learning the mill today. Um, we still we have a maintenance crew that's very young, inexperienced with this technology. So we had a little bit more patience than what the Canadian would have liked us to have. So in, in that regard, there was a little bit of a communication challenge, but we did overcome it and the relationship is very sound. We don't always think exactly alike, um, but from a relationship standpoint, um, they have been very supportive of the efforts and, and what we have accomplished here and, uh, and recognize that, you know, I, I made a comment earlier that we were um, just celebrated a, a, our one year injury free which is outstanding in a sawmill. And Congratulations. The team down there has, I mean, they're, they're the ones who achieved the results. But that is another piece that the Canadians were very proud of, very complimentary of achieving that particular milestone. There again, we, we are still learning just like a marriage. You, you don't learn each other in the first year. And we're still learning how to, to respond to the Canadians in a way that is meaningful and doesn't offend anyone. That, that road travels both ways, though. I'm sure that, that their experience with Hunt and Southerners has been a challenge for them. And I would assume that they would look to, to be uh, very understanding in developing that relationship. And they're obviously equally happy as, as you all because you're venturing on a, another endeavor. That's right. And they do have two other partnerships in the South. We were the first partnership that Tolco entered, and they, they have two other partnerships, one in Mississippi, one in Alabama. They did have a U.S. representative who was engaged, but he has since moved on. So 
And I think they hired him to solve that language barrier, so to speak, because he was from the South. And all that that implies is just, again, different culture. So they have certainly learned as we have. And I, I think with the additional project, it just shows and demonstrates that they're as happy as we are with the partnership. Why do you suppose Canadian companies are looking to the U.S. Southeast? We're a very sound wood basket throughout the South. Is there any reasoning from the Canadian standpoint that this is an area they really should invest in? I think it's uh, it's twofold. One, the, the bug infestations and the wildfires that have happened up in Canada have really devastated their raw material basin. Um, that's that's one of the issues that they have. And the other is they don't contr- they don't own the timber. They have cutting rights. The crown actually owns the timber. And price fluctuates based on the lumber market. So when we've what we've just come through in the lumber market is going to catch up with their raw material soon. So that high cost raw material can be replaced theoretically in the U.S. Southeast. And so with the raw material where it is, uh, obviously strong timber basin throughout the Southeast. And this was, again, Tolco had looked to come to the South many times previously, but I think with the company in the hands of, uh, of Brad and his father, Al Thorlickson, they finally got comfortable enough that to go ahead and make that first step with, with Hunt Forge products back in 17. So. Markets are kind of regionally based. So wherever the mill is, we want to try and produce and, and sell as close to the mill to reduce transportation costs and things of that nature. But do you export any to, to Canada? We do not export any lumber to Canada. Currently, not right now. The lion's share of our production ends up in Texas. I mean, that's that's one of the the, the most uh, fruitful building products market right now. The Houston area, the Dallas area. So, but we do ship product you know, all over the country, um, but not to Canada. Interesting. That would add a, a new dynamic to what you do. Wouldn't it? It, it would. Now we will be on the, the KCS Kansas City Southern Railroad in in Taylor, Louisiana, and that railroad has just been purchased by a Canadian company and can take product all the way up to the through the Midwest up into Canada. So you'll we'll see. As an aside, real quickly, we have, we were talking earlier, and with the impact of Hurricane Ida, Hunt has offered an opportunity to donate some of its product and plywood, things of that nature to help people rebuild. How important is that for you all to, because you're contributing to folks here at home? It's extremely important. The Hunt family is committed to Louisiana. They're committed to the areas where we operate, specifically in Urania, you know, LaSalle Parish, Rapides Parish near the Pollock area, all Louisiana. So, um, in, and here in Ruston, I mean, we're, we're heavily engaged in Ruston High School, we're talking to Louisiana Tech about an endowment scholarship. So the family is very, very supportive of the charitable giving. We're, we're glad to do it. And sometimes it really brings it home to be able to help people that are your neighbors that you go to church with. That's what we're about. So what can we possibly see past the Taylor plant from Hunt Forest? You know, that's a, that's a good question. We're certainly poised for growth. We have an outstanding staff here. We've, uh, we continue to develop our, our core competency within this organization. And the Taylor Mill will be a, a big bite for us. Um, we'll need to digest that one and uh, continue to learn LaSalle 
we have uh, quite a few capital projects that we have left to employ there at, uh, at our Pollock plywood mill. But, you know, I would, I would love to see us grow. Um, we, we love the plywood business, which has kind of become a novelty lately. OSB has garnished most of that market share, but you never know what, where, where we'll end up. Richie LeBlanc, President and CEO of Hunt Forest Products and LaSalle Lumber. Thank you very much for taking time for us. Oh, I appreciate being on the program. Thank you for listening to Minding the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. If you'd like to learn more about sustainable forestry, the LFA and its programs, and how you can be part of an organization that supports landowners, loggers, and wood manufacturers in the state, go to laforestry.com. And remember, at the Louisiana Forestry Association, we're minding the forest for you. (laughs) 